Morning Harvest, it is great to be here, and we are getting closer to our launch date on uh, Sunday, September the 12th. It's getting close. I cannot wait to see everybody in the room. Hey, why not make a seating problem in here? We have two services happening uh, here on September the 12th, and let's invite your friends, invite your neighbors, invite anybody you can grab a hold of, and let's just have an experience here in the room. We just have missed so much being together, worshiping together, praying together, and uh, being together. So that's going to happen on Sunday, uh, September the 12th. We've just finished our Hearing God summer book series, and on week one, we learned that God speaks to us because he loves us and he wants us to grow. Week two, we learned how important it is to read God's word and sit under the preaching of God's word because that's the foundation of how God speaks to us. Week three, we learned we can hear the personal word of God, but we need to quiet the distractions of the many voices that are around us like Elijah did in the cave. And, uh, and so we learned about quietening uh, the voice of the devil, the world, and our flesh that are quite contrary to the voice of God. It begins as a small whisper, but I believe that we can become quite accustomed to hearing uh, God's voice as he speaks to us. Last week, Karen did a great job helping us appreciate how God uses nature itself to speak to us. I don't know about you, but I love being outside and uh, during a sunset or an early morning sunrise and just be overwhelmed with a sense of God's presence in his handiwork. Uh, as the kids were growing up, often they would hear me say in a sunset, good job, Jesus, as I would just appreciate his handiwork in an evening as he would paint the sky. So as you have been hopefully leaning in and learning to using the tools that we've been talking about to hear the voice of God, this week's message is stir up your faith. Let's pray. Lord, I just ask this morning, uh, as we are here online and getting ready to be here in person, but Lord, that you would use this morning's word to encourage, Lord, to strengthen, Lord, to stir up our faith, I pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. We've got some folks here with us this evening. Thank you so much uh, for saying amen. And I'm not weird. I know that it's evening now, and I know it's morning while you're listening to this. So if I slip up, you'll know why. Let's look at a verse that's kind of foundation to, uh, if we're doing a teaching on faith, and my challenge is that you would stir up your faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, this is a really important verse on faith. But unfortunately, it's also a very misunderstood scripture on faith. And we're going to look at this uh, entire scripture and its context in a moment. But if you make this verse about you and I, we're going to get into trouble. And that's what a lot of people kind of make this verse about us. And by that, what I mean is, as we read that it's impossible <laughs> to please God without faith. And as you read it that way, uh, really what begins to happen is I've met people who have more of a fear about faith than anything else. And they're fearful that they don't have enough faith. What if I don't have enough faith? I want to please God. I want God to move in my life. And so I'm reading here that without enough faith, and they put the word enough in there, even though it's not there. And they're putting it in there because they've made the verse about themselves, about us, instead of about God. This, this verse is not about us. 
And so there isn't something we have to do. There isn't something more to do in order to please God. God is our Father in heaven. He loves us. God so loved the world that he gave his son. He loved us even before we did a single thing, even before we exercised faith and that very first step of faith to accept him into our lives. Even before we did that, he was pleased. And so what does this verse mean then? Well, if we make it about God, it'll make sense. Let me, let me show you. Without faith, it's impossible to please God because, that because is going to be important. Now, I want you to listen to the pronouns. Anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists, that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. I want to read it again without emphasizing the pronouns so I, I'm not distracting without faith. It's impossible to please God. Anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. The verse is about God. <laughs> he, him. And, and, and it's, it's very clear how many of those pronouns are there that the intention of this verse is to focus when we talk about faith, the focus is on God. Now watch this. Faith believes two things about God. Faith believes two things. First of all, faith believes that God is real, that God is alive, that God exists. And second of all, faith believes that God rewards. Now you've got to get this. When I say that God exists, this isn't some mental ascent where we go, okay, I guess God, I believe God is real. This is, I know that God is alive. I know that God is risen from the dead. I know that God is with me. When I was a little kid, we had a hymn that we used to sing in church, and we would get to the end of the hymn, and the hymn would ask the question, you ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. That in our relational dealings with God, hearing the voice of God as we've been interacting and learning learning about that, and we are convinced of God being so real in our lives, his presence, practicing his presence, coming to church as we'll do uh, very shortly and corporately, just digging into corporate worship and really sensing and knowing his presence. We are a people, we are a Holy Spirit people who practice his presence. God is alive. We believe he exists. We believe he's alive, and we want to live reflecting that truth. Second of all, he's a rewarder. He's a God that is, he doesn't need anything from you. He doesn't need anything from me. God's not lacking that we give God something so that we can get something from God. God is full to the brim. In fact, God is not only full to the brim, he's overflowing. And the overflowing nature of God, the rewarder nature of God is the very source of life itself. And so we come to the source. We come to God, understanding he provides for us. He guides us. He loves us. He pours out on us. When we display in our lives that God exists, that we live our life in such a way that the display of my life displays the living God. 
I'm a broken down mess. I don't know about you. By grace, I'm saved. Not by works, lest any man would boast. It's the grace of God in me. It's the life of God in me. Bible says that we live and move and have our being because of his life in us. When my life reflects that, I'm showing that he exists. When my life reflects that I go to the source, that I know he's the source, I know he's a rewarder, his hands are open to me, I'm not begging God, I'm not trying to convince God to give me something, I'm not trying to get God to bless me, I know that God is the blesser, he is the rewarder, he is the provider. And when I live my life that way, the Bible says that pleases God. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is faith. Faith is living, knowing that his life is available, and I reflect that he is a rewarder. This morning, I want to stir up your capacity to live your life in a way that demonstrates you depend on that life, you depend on that source, that you are hooked into that source, that ever-flowing fountain that God has for us. Well, you say, Pastor Roy, how do we do that? Bible goes on and says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. What a coincidence. We just happened to spend four weeks (laughs) on hearing God. No, not a coincidence at all. We want to direct. I want to feed you as a church. We want to move very specifically in this expansion word that God's given us. And I know that we need to stretch our faith next week. We're going to talk about how to activate faith, how to cause faith to be that, 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 that uh, a force. I hate to use that word force. That kind of first came to my mind. But just that relationship, that relational trust with the Lord that we learn to release our faith, our trust in God. How does it come? It comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. We learn, we've learned in those four weeks that there's many ways that we hear God. We want to be leaning in in these days. If I want you to stir your faith, and I think you want your faith stirred, activated, alive, well, uh, just that showing demonstration of God's life in you, God's provision and reward in your life. As we put those practices and those tools, as we're doing that each morning, as maybe in, for you in the morning or maybe in the evening, where you take time, to have conversation with God and allow him to speak to you, speak to you in his word, speak to you in the personal word, speak to you in nature itself. As you do that, your faith starts to grow. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans goes on and says this. I want you, uh, The point is this. Before you trust, before you can have faith, before faith is, is not just kind of some kind of duty or some kind of work or something you're trying to, to get right or, or trying to quote that scripture just the right way because someone told you that's how to have faith. No, the point is this. Before you trust, before you have faith, you have to listen. In my life, as, as, as the Lord has spoken and as, as we've experienced and you've experienced the Lord speaking into your life, It's in those moments that something begins to be ignited on the inside. And a demon in hell itself could not steal from you that truth and that understanding that God is real, that God is providing, and God uh, is showing himself as he speaks uh, to me. The point is, before you trust, you have 
to listen. We walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. This word walk simply means we're moving forward in our relationship with Jesus. We move forward by faith. We start with faith. We move forward in faith, trusting him every step of the way. Not my strength, he's the source, his strength. By demonstrating with our life that he's alive, by demonstrating he's my source, he's my rewarder. Not by what I see in my circumstances in my life. Because circumstances often are telling us that it's desperate. It's telling us things are off the rails. It's telling us things are not going well. But I don't move forward, but what I see in my circumstances, I don't want to just move forward in my relationship with Jesus when things are going well. I want to know how to move forward and walk with the Lord, and I do it in faith not by what I see. Second Corinthians says, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. I want to just explain to you what I, I'm talking about here when we talk about how we focus on the unseen. We're focusing on what is spiritual, not what is natural. I walk by, not what I see with my natural eyes, I walk by what I hear. Man does not live by bread alone, the Bible says, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of the Father. Now I want you to think about this because the context of the verse was that we were praying for daily bread. We were praying for a need to be met. And the need was met, and bread was the answer. And in the Old Testament, manna came every morning. But Jesus said that they didn't grow because they went out and saw the manna. They, it wasn't by what they saw, the answer to the prayer. And though we get excited and our confidence grows when there's answers to prayer, the Bible says that true growth with God happens in understanding that the answer was when we heard him say, I will give you bread. Not when I received the bread, but when he said there was bread, man does not live by the answers to prayer. You will literally live spiritually by hearing the word of God. That verse we just read, we've got to get it right. Faith doesn't come before the hearing. The hearing comes first, and then the trust, and then the faith. Now, I want to look at a story in the New Testament where Jesus is walking along and he sees a fig tree. And if you know the story, you'll know that the tree served as a symbol of Israel and that natural Israel, Jesus was bringing the shift that, as the New Testament begins to explain to us, that the all who have faith in God are the seed of Abraham. And so we are Jews, so to speak, not nationally, but spiritually. And national Judaism was rejecting Messiah, but there was a shift now to spiritual Judaism, if I can say it that way. All who would believe God, not by nationality, but that, that, the Bible says we're neither Jew nor Greek, male nor female. Those things aren't important. The importance is putting faith in God. And so the fig tree, if you know the scriptures, have a lot to do with that. But there's a principle about what happens to this 
this fig tree that Jesus is going to use to explain about faith. We're going to look at it this morning, and we're going to look at it again next week. And so if you are unfamiliar with this passage of Scripture, forget everything I just said. Don't worry about Israel. Don't worry about any of that. And let's talk about a fig tree. (laughs) Jesus went looking for fruit and couldn't find it. And so he speaks to the fig tree and curses it literally. And then we see the tree itself responds to God's word spoken by God's son, Jesus. Let me put these things together. I want you to see uh, what's happening here. Then he said to the tree, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard him say it. This is important. The scriptures, as they are as they are recording what took place, Jesus goes up to the fig tree. It isn't what he was desiring, and he speaks a curse to that fig tree that it would literally die, that it would it would be no more. And 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 the Bible says that the disciples heard it, heard it. If you were all in the room, I would say, say heard. heard. And those in the room just said it. They. Heard it. Really important. Faith comes from hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The Word of God. It's when we are confident that we've heard God's Word as we read the Scriptures, as God speaks the personal Word, as we have a revelation in nature. However, God would speak to us. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by knowing God is speaking. Now, watch this. So, God. Jesus, in the flesh, Emmanuel, God with us, speaks to a tree, and the disciples heard it. 24 hours goes by. In the morning, as they went along, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots. Peter remembered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. Now, let let me unpack this for you. So they heard Jesus speak and they saw the result with their natural eye, and Peter gets super excited and says, oh my goodness, it worked. (laughs) Jesus, you actually spoke to that tree, and it obeyed you. It's a miracle. I mean, this is incredible. Jesus, look, look, Jesus. Jesus is like, I'm the one who spoke to the tree. I'm not the one who's surprised by this. I'm not even the one who has to remember. And also that little word that the, the gospel writer puts in there, Peter remembered. Duh, how did you forget? It's only been less than a day. How could you forget? Because he forgot that it was God that spoke to the tree. He thought just Jesus the man was speaking to the tree. Jesus is having some weird conversation with the tree. But the next day, he realizes there's cause and effect. Cause and effect. And Jesus said, remember, faith comes by hearing, and hearing the word of God. God, and Jesus says to Peter, have faith, Peter, in what God says. If you put your faith, remember, listening happens first, and then faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. When we understand that God is speaking to us, we can begin stirring our faith, and it's as if we have a platform we stand on, like Peter stood on the water by faith. We stand knowing God has spoken to us. Now, the disciples hadn't made that connection, that Jesus was speaking as God to the tree. Have faith in what God says, and you will see the answers to what God is saying. They heard with their natural ear that Jesus spoke, 
But it wasn't until they saw the results that they made the connection. But wait a minute. We don't live or walk by sight. We walk and live and move forward with Jesus by faith. And so it's not by what we see. It's by what we hear. Jesus could have, he could have had that tree respond immediately to his word. He, he, he spoke as God. He had healed the sick. It happened immediately. There were a lot of immediately's as Jesus was walking in his earthly ministry. But I want you to see, as we're learning the principles of faith, I'm asking this morning, stir your faith. Begins by listening. Stir your faith. It begins by understanding, by depending on God, that we live in the pleasure of our relationship with him, reflecting who he is, not by what I'm doing, but by who he is, and that is faith, and that pleases him. Watch this principle that it didn't happen immediately, but watch how it did happen. Before I point that out, I, I want to use just an illustration that's familiar to me, and if you come to my house, you will know that I love things green, and I love them lush, and I like things growing a lot. And the way that I do that is I use a lot of nitrogen in my landscape. Uh, I, I, nitro, I fertilize my lawn three or four times in the growing season, um, and uh, I use it all through my flower beds, and the fertilizer has a component called nitrogen, which causes things to grow and be very, very green. There are other components there, but it's the nitrogen that really does that. And, and so a number of years ago, I had planted some new uh, ornamental cedar trees, and uh, they just weren't thickening up the way I would have liked them to, and it really wasn't fast enough for my liking. And so I side-dressed those trees, which simply means putting nitrogen around the edges of the tree, and so that when it rains and when I water, that nitrogen would reach the roots and cause those roots to get aggressive and, and to pick up that nitrogen and cause uh, green growth on the trees. I did it kind of uh, strategically later in the growing season, uh, kind of this time of the year actually right now, so that they would the roots would pull up that nitrogen, begin to go into a growth spurt, and then when it went winter, come spring, man, I knew those trees would be thick and lush and they'd be great. And so uh, I put just enough fertilizer and then a little extra, <laughs> just for good measure, because hey, more is always better, right? Well, those, uh, those trees uh, looked fine, and uh, the weeks went by, and uh, a couple months went by. Winter came, and uh, the trees looked fantastic, green as can be, and uh, especially against the snow. I would admire them uh, all through the winter season. I love evergreens. And then that spring, uh, within, within actually days of spring, uh, kind of the first few weeks of the growing season, the snow was gone, the sun was out. Those trees went crispy brown. Like, I mean, almost overnight. And I could not understand. Did, did insects get my trees? What got my trees? And what I realized as I started to kind of study the process was that I had over-fertilized those trees. And it's called burning the roots, that the nitrogen burnt the roots. 
but the roots never had an opportunity to discuss that with the rest of the tree because the tree went dormant for winter. So it appeared as if the tree was fine. It appeared as if nothing was going on in the roots. But in that moment and in the timing of growth, that tree was dead. The tree had been dead all winter. Just the outside, what was obvious to my eye, had not yet caught up with what was already determined in the roots. Now follow me in my illustration. Jesus could have caused that tree to die immediately, but he didn't. And the Bible points out, as they understood, that the tree had withered from the roots up. Now, this is kind of a negative illustration of how, uh, you know, we, we don't want death and dying and withering, but what we're looking at is how powerful the Word of God is and understanding how this works. And that often in our lives, there is a process as we stir our faith, we know that God has spoken. We don't walk by sight, we walk by faith. What does that mean? It means that the process has started the moment Jesus spoke to that tree it was already a goner the moment that Jesus speaks to sickness sickness is already a goner the moment that Jesus speaks to poverty blessing is on its way the moment Jesus speaks to confusion orderliness is on its way it begins at the roots and makes its way up to the point that you can see what Jesus was teaching we don't walk by sight you can't see the roots. You can't see what's going on. But God is dealing with our lives at a root level so that we can enjoy the fruit of what happens as we put faith not by what I see, but what I hear. Jesus said to the disciples, have faith in what God says. You don't have to wait for the obvious manifestation of it. You can stand and believe on what God's word declares before the fruit catches up with the roots. All right, I hope you're stirring your faith and you're, if this is new to you, that you begin to understand and you can stand on the promises of God, what the word declares about you and to you, and you can believe for the miracle. Don't wait for, don't wait to see it, but wait as you hear it to know that it's been activated. The Old Testament prophet Elijah was living in a time of famine. There had been no rain for three years. That's not three days. That's not three weeks. That's not like this summer where it rains every day. This is rain, no days. Week after week, month after month, and then year after year for three years. Everything was dry and dusty and literally dead, three years of no rain, with no sight of any rain in the future. And it was creating havoc uh, in, in society, and it was a famine because there was no possible way. They were an agricultural uh, society, and there was no way to do commerce. There was no way to, to eat and find food because they were in a famine. But God spoke to Elijah that rain was going to come, that the end of the famine uh, was happening. First Kings chapter 18 said, after a long time, I don't know if you've ever been at a time where it feels like God's not answering prayer or God doesn't seem to be responding. It seems like a long time, doesn't it? When I love living in the answers to prayer, but leading up to what God's doing, it often feels like a long time. It can feel like a famine. But in the third year, the word of the Lord came to Elijah. That's the Old Testament's way of saying God spoke to Elijah. He said, go and present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain 
on the land. Next week, this will be important to us about taking steps of faith. How do you put your faith into action? How do you activate your faith when you know you've heard God? You want to depend on God. You want to take a step of faith. Well, he does that, and he obeys God, and he does what God tells him to do, and he goes to the king, Ahab. And Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink. Look now, for there is the sound of an abundance of rain. There wasn't a cloud in the sky. (laughs) There was not thunder and lightning. He wasn't responding by what he could see with his eye. He was speaking what he could hear in his ear. We don't walk by sight. We walk by what we hear. We move forward in our relationship with God by what we hear God saying. That's why these past four weeks have been so important, to hear God, to put yourself in a position each and every day to hear God. Why? Because God wants to tell you that your source is in him. God wants to reward you, and that pleases him. Why? Because that's called faith. When we recognize and realize that God is saying, I want to bring rain into your famine. I want to break the season of famine in your life. I want to bring uh, an abundance, an abundance of rain. Not a little bit of rain, but God said to these people, I want to bring an abundance of rain. But he didn't see the abundance of rain. He didn't know there was an abundance of rain because the sky was black. It was shiny, a sun shining outside. It was still dry. But he heard God say, an abundance of rain is coming. As you read the rest of that story, that rain indeed did come, and we'll look at it again next week as we, as we look at how to activate our faith. One more story this morning. In 2 Samuel, David's at war with the Philistines, and that's the group of people that Goliath came from, the Philistines, kind of the arch enemies of Israel. And King David wanted to go and be victorious over the enemy. And uh, so he prayed and he asked the Lord, how should I do warfare with the Philistines? How how would we win this battle? Again, David asked the Lord what to do. Do not attack them straight on, the Lord replied. Instead, circle around behind and attack them near the poplar trees. When you hear a sound like marching feet in the tops of poplar trees, be on the alert. That's the signal that the Lord is moving ahead of you and will strike down the Philistine army. I don't know what army is attacking you right now. And maybe you're praying for strategy. Lord, how do I overcome addiction? Lord, how do I overcome anger? Lord, how do I overcome whatever might be attacking you today? Whatever you might be kind of dealing with in your life. And and God spoke to David and gave him the strategy that I want you to see because it's your strategy. It's my strategy. God gave it to David so that we could read about it and understand it. What kind of army What kind of army is up in the (laughs) treetops? What kind of army lives in the tops of the trees? And God was saying, this this one's mine, David. I don't want you to fight this one. The battle is mine, saith the Lord, as we read the promise of the scripture. Sometimes we get battle weary because we think we're fighting all of our enemies. We think we have to get better at X, Y, Z in our spiritual walk. But remember, it's not about having enough faith. It's about understanding what faith is. 
Faith is living in the source. Faith is knowing that that source, God, rewards you and blesses you. And as you hear God, he'll say to you, I've got this one. I want you to hang tight. I want you to worship. I want you to pray. I want you to be listening. Because when you begin to hear the angels up in the treetops, and that was the army God was talking about, when you can hear the angelic chariots, when you can hear the forces of heaven, the Lord says, I am for you, not against you. Some of us live our lives as if God's against us too. He is for you this morning. He wants you to be victorious. It's his will for you to be victorious. And he'll begin to convince you of that as you begin to hear hear, hear. You won't see it. You will hear it. And then when you begin to hear it, something grows on the inside called confidence. Something begins to rise up on the inside called faith. And you go, I get that God's got this. And you shift that responsibility over the Lord and he takes over that battle. You see, when we begin to allow the Lord, if you want to fight, he'll let you fight. If you want to provide for yourself, he'll let you do that. If you want to even do it in a, in what I would say is a pseudo-spiritual way where you start just hammering out scriptures and reading, reading for the sake of trying to earn something or get something from God. He'll let you do that, but he won't let you earn something. Why? Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. We started there. What does it mean? It means simply understanding that I come demonstrating in my life that he's my life source. And as my life source, he loves to bless and pour out and to provide. But I don't walk that way by sight. I walk that way by hearing. I want you to stir your faith by hearing what God is saying to you. God is saying to someone this morning, you're free. God is saying to someone this morning, you are blessed. Someone's tell, God's telling somebody, you are healed. Somebody else, you're more than a conqueror. Somebody else, you are able. Somebody else, you have an abundance. But you say, Pastor Roy, I don't see the fruit of that. I know. Don't walk by sight. Don't walk by what you see. Walk by what you're hearing this morning and what God is speaking to you. Stir your faith this morning. And when you can't see rain in your famine, be like Elijah. Forget about what you see. What are you hearing God say? I hear him say expansion, abundance of rain. When you can't see the victory in your battle, well, stop for a moment. Stop fighting. Get Just stop all the craziness and the noise in your head and say, God, I need to hear you. You'll hear God say, I've got this one. Listen to how the angels are rustling in the treetops and fighting on your behalf, just like David. God is speaking to your roots, and the fruit is on its way. Can you receive that this morning? Come on, just pull that into your heart this morning and know that God's blessing your roots so that you can be more fruitful and you can be blessed by Him. We never end a service without asking if there's someone who wants to give their life, surrender their life to Jesus. Oh, you know what? I think the most beautiful first hearing God is when you hear God invite you to come. He's knocking at the door, the Bible says. He knocks on the door of every person's heart, not literally our physical heart, but that innermost man, that innermost woman, that inside part of us that can just sense something, something's going on. And maybe this morning, as you heard this word, you realize that God is for you and not against you. Jesus went to the cross to die on your behalf. But the Bible says each and every person has the opportunity to accept what was done for them. That is that your sin was paid for. 
You simply have to ask for it. If you're here watching this morning, I'd like to lead you in a simple prayer. If that's your desire, I want to make Jesus Lord and Savior of my life. Just pray this simple prayer with me. Dear Jesus, thank you that you love me. Thank you that you're for me, not against me. Forgive my sin. I repent today. Come into my life. I'm ready to start my walk with you, my walk by faith. If you prayed that simple prayer, we believe that God has touched you right now and that you are born again and you're beginning your journey with the Lord. We'd love it if you would just text it in the box, uh, either if you're watching on Facebook or on YouTube, and say, I made the decision. We'd like to send you a Bible and just make sure we can follow up and answer any questions that you might have. Listen. This is a great day to be alive. This is a great day to live in the expansion of the Lord. This is a great day to walk by faith and not by sight. God bless you and have an amazing week. If you just prayed that prayer for the very first time, we just want to congratulate you. You just made the best decision ever. Why don't you take a second and just type that in the chat. Let us know that you made that decision. Just type in, I made the decision or that's me. We just want to reach out and say, awesome. We're so glad to have you part of our family. And before you go, we'd encourage you to go to hcfcornwall.ca slash expansion, where you can learn a little bit more about what we're doing to prepare for our return to church, how you can volunteer, how you can help, help contribute, whether financially or uh, with some of your, your actual skills, uh, as we're getting prepared to expand our church and yep. kind of step into some, yep. some new things. And me and Ted, we're just wishing you the happiest and bestest of weeks going forward. And we can't wait to connect with you again next weekend.